Welcome to a podcast from Food and Drink Federation Scotland. FDF Scotland is the membership body for Scotland's food and drink manufacturers. We represent and support our members on the issues that are important to them. Hello there, my name is David Thompson. I'm the CEO of the Food and Drink Federation Scotland. On the 12th of March, ahead of the 2021 Scottish Parliament elections, FDF Scotland held a hustings event. This podcast is the first in a three-part series featuring highlights from the hustings. In part one, we hear more about the candidates' key priorities for the next Scottish Parliament, including the ways they will support and work with the food and drink industry. The event was chaired by freelance food and drink journalist Karen Peaty. We were joined by a candidate from each of the main political parties, Jamie Halcrow-Johnson from the Scottish Conservatives, Max Hall from the Scottish Greens, Rhoda Grant from Scottish Labour, Liam MacArthur from the Scottish Liberal Democrats, and Fergus Ewing from the Scottish National Party. Uh, good morning, everyone. It's David Thompson, uh, Chief Executive of Food and Drink Federation Scotland here. Uh, welcome to our political uh, hustings, where I'm uh, very, very glad to be joined by uh, a, a range of representatives from uh, Scotland's political parties. And in particular, I'm glad to be joined by uh, Karen Peaty, uh, a respected journalist in Scotland who is here to chair uh, our event today. Um, if you have any questions, there's a question bar in the sidebar. Um, please feel free to type them and I will uh, put them to the panel during the course of the event. Uh, but that's all you'll hear from me other than asking questions and I'm going to hand over to Karen now to chair the session. Okay. Thanks David. Morning everybody and I'll just reiterate David's thanks and all of you joining us uh, this morning. So thank you and to those uh, attendees as well. Uh, we'll look forward maybe to getting some questions for you as the morning progresses. So what I'd like to do to kick off is um, introduce you all and just ask you to talk about yourselves and your interests just for maybe two minutes. Um, earlier this week, it was International Women's Day. So I'm going to start with Rhoda, Rhoda Grant from Scottish Labour. I suppose my interest in food and drink, I represent the Highlands and Islands, and we have some of the best um, food available, and indeed that's um, world-renowned, as are our food standards. I think we have something that is that we can offer to the rest of the world. Unfortunately, we also suffer from food poverty and we're seeing a, a growth in food banks, people needing food banks to, to feed their families and also the additional problems that causes, um, you know, malnutrition, obesity, um, all that is a growing epidemic because cheap food is not healthy, it's loaded in fat and sugar. And therefore, I think we need to look at legislating for this. Our hope would have been to have a good Food Nation bill that looks at our food um, production from the, the farm right through to the fork to make sure that everybody has the right and the ability to access really good um, nutritious food. So that, that is one of the things that really um, gets me, especially when I see in my area some of the more, I suppose, climate friendly food production techniques being used, but yet people are living, the people producing food in that way um, are, are struggling to make a living from it. So there's something wrong that people can't afford food, but the producers also can't afford to make a living from producing that food. 
So I think we need to look at local markets and how we, we you know, we know we can sell this abroad. We've seen that with shellfish and the like, but we need to know how we can sell it more locally so that the profit is kept for, for the producers, but also that um, the people locally are able to enjoy it. So look at our food chains. And that's what I mean about, you know, the, the farm to the fork, because there is so much that happens um, in between that. So I think that's something we have to do. We also have to um, make sure that young people are fed. So we need to look at local procurement, I think, within um, the public sector, within councils, within uh, schools, to make sure that they have a good diet, because we know that if children don't have a good diet, they don't learn, and that impacts on their life chances, not only um, their health, but also their education. And we see as well, just with the impacts of the pandemic, how people from less well-off areas have succumbed to COVID-19 much more than those who live in the, the leafy suburbs who enjoy a good diet. So we need to look at that. So that would be one of the things that I would, I suppose, take to the table is that we need to have a good food nation bill. And I think we should progress that in the next parliament. Okay, and I'm sure we'll touch on that later on this morning. Um, Max Hall from the Scottish Greens. Mags, what's your interest in food and drink? Thanks, Karen, and thanks for having me along here today. Um, so my um, background is in um, community-led community food activism. Um, I've been started working in the sector around 10 years ago, um, initially working with communities to access land and establish food growing projects. Um, but also worked on a number of food education projects as well, and latterly was working to support um, the establishment of uh, producer-led food co-ops, both in person and online. Um, and for the last few years, I've been working in Holyrood with the Green MSPs, uh, amongst other things, being their policy lead on, on food and agriculture. Uh, but I wasn't intending to talk too much about me, to be honest. I'd like to just kind of talk about what we would like to do in the next session around about um, uh, food policy. Um, if, if we are able to return a, a larger group of Green MSPs to, to the next session. Um, we recognise that the next session of Parliament will very much be um, dominated by three overlapping and quite profound crises at the moment. So that's recovering from the pandemic, mitigating the impacts of Brexit and delivering change across both industry and society to, to tackle the climate crisis. Um, so there's a number of policy interventions, um, which I think we'll just touched on some of them already, around um, the things that the Scottish Parliament could really be leading on next session and which will be in our, our Green Manifesto. So we also support the reintroduction of the Good Food Nation Bill, um, but also along with that, the Circular Economy Bill. Both of those bills had widespread support in the Parliament, um, and particularly when we're looking at the food manufacturing sector, they will be very important in ensuring we have a cohesive food policy and that the food sector plays its role in meeting our climate change targets. Um, we'd also like to see the development of a carbon food labelling scheme in Scotland so that consumers can understand impacts of the food system and support businesses who are um, really leading the way and showing the example on how to reduce climate impacts. Um, and we also want to use the planning system and public funding to support the growth of local producer and crofter-led retailing in Scotland, um, helping build local and resilient uh, food distribution networks. So um, these are uh, this is our wish list, but we do have a track record. Our Green MSPs have a track record of delivering on our policies in Holyrood. Uh, and just this week, I was very proud to be part of the team 
that secured a, a budget deal which guaranteed free school meals for primary, all primary school and children by next summer. So that's over 200,000 more kids that will benefit from a daily school meal. Uh, but in addition to just guaranteeing those meals, we also managed to secure um, funding to improve the quality of those school meals and to create opportunities for more local SMEs to benefit from public procurement. So these are the kind of policies that not only deliver on our aims for social justice and health benefits, but they create diversity and resilience in our food system in Scotland, which will be so important for the food sector moving forward. So that's going to be our focus next session. Thanks, thanks very much. Uh, Liam MacArthur from the Scottish Liberal Democrats. Liam, you um, you know, you're the part of the country in which you, you live, obviously, you'll have a, a keen interest in, in, in food and drink. What um, you'd like to just elaborate on some of your uh, policies and your wish list. Thanks very much indeed. And thanks to the Federation for, for hosting uh, this first things. I mean, over and above being an enthusiastic consumer of, of uh, food and drink, as you say, uh, Orkney, I think, provides a bit of a microcosm of, of what Scotland as a whole uh, has in terms of uh, operating at the at the quality end of, uh, of food and drink. And it's it's really the kind of beating heart um, of the, the islands I represent from the primary producers, uh, particularly around um, beef and lamb, but also in terms of shellfish and other sea fish, um, through to uh, um, those in manufacturing. I mean, whether it's um, sort of global brands like Island Park, uh, international brands like Orkney um, cheese, not the beef, or um, niche players um, in terms of conserves and, and all the rest of it. It's, uh, there's, there's, there's little in, in Orkney that's not touched by food and drink, and then through to obviously the uh, the, the tourism and the hospitality sector um, that relies and leans very heavily on on uh, on, on the, uh, the food, food and drink production in Orkney. And I think Mags is absolutely right. There are three overlay overlying um, uh, challenges facing the food and drink sector in, in, in my neck of the woods, but um, felt uh, across the rest of the country as well. Uh, the uncertainty that's been replaced by um, some of the, uh, the the obstacles and impacts of Brexit, um, the, the challenges um, presented by the, the pandemic, which I think is going to have a long-lasting uh, legacy, um, and, uh, and obviously the climate uh, crisis and the climate emergency that uh, we were dealing with before the pandemic uh, and is only becoming more urgent by the, by the day. Um, I think the food and drink sector have already um, made uh, considerable strides in terms of uh, adapting um, their processes to, to the climate crisis, but it's clear that we've done the easy stuff, the stuff that now follows is going to be most challenging. And I, I'm particularly um, aware of the fact that um, the support that needs to be put in place for, for businesses that are often very energy intensive is uh, is going to be significant, particularly for for, for the SMEs who, who just don't have um, the, the the capacity to absorb this uh, themselves. Um, but I think I, I think the other message that that Scottish Liberal Democrats will be taking into this campaign, and we want to see an absolute razor-like focus on uh, through the course of the next um, uh, Parliament, is is on putting that recovery first. I think the distract we've seen the distractions that have come with. Uh, Brexit. We've seen the impact that is um, uh, that, that uh, the pandemic has had, and I think there is absolutely no question uh, 
and um, wherever you stand on, on constitutional issues, that that recovery absolutely has to be uh, put first. And I think there's causes for the cause for some optimism. As, as Mag says, there's there's already cross-party support in relation to circular economy bills, food nation bills, and 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 I think I, we've seen that in this parliament. I would fully expect to see that in the in the next parliament. Um, and as I say, the food and drink sector um, is the is an engine room within my own constituency, but that's just a microcosm for Scotland as a whole. Um, this is a sector that needs to be at the forefront of our, of our thoughts as we build and that recovery we build from the, from, from the, uh, the disruption caused by the pandemic. Thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you, Liam. From Scottish Conservatives, can I ask you the same, Jamie Halcrow-Johnson? You're in the same part of the country as uh, uh, as Liam, so you'll be sharing some of his his views, I'm sure, on, on the importance of the industry to to, to the islands. Yes, I mean it's it's wonderful to be able to do one of these and start off kind of with agreement um, uh, in the first instance. And there's a lot that's been said already that um, I would agree with. Um, certainly, some of the challenges you know we face. We farm in Orkney, and for you know for many years our, uh, our our beef has been exported, and our lamb has been exported, and our milk's been part of Orkney cheese. And I I'm very proud of both kind of our role and other producers in Orkney and across the Highlands and Islands. Um, in the, how they've helped make, um, you know, how build Scotland's reputation as a, a global producer. Um, but as we mentioned, there are challenges: the pandemic, there's the um, the issues around our relationship change with the EU, with obviously the climate um, uh, climate challenges as well. And we've seen because of the pandemic, you know, the entirety of our hospitality sector almost shut down for many months, which has meant impact on um, supplies and demand. Um, and so as we look forward, we've got to make sure that um, uh, that sectors like that are able to open up as soon as possible, that we're able to make sure that they've got the clarity on when they can open up so that we can get that uh, working again. And also as we build, we build we build back and we recover after the pandemic that we do, uh, to use the use the phrase, build back be better, you know, making sure that um, our businesses are able to take, uh, uh, take forward action on um, uh, reducing the impact of climate change. That means it's supporting agri-environment schemes. That means more initiatives like Bayes' 10 million pound green distilleries fund you know it's only a small part but it's a part that will hopefully make a real difference looking forward we undoubtedly have um uh, you know a thriving sector and we have to build on that we can't be complacent one of the one of the most enjoyable bits of being a highlands and islands msp over the last years is visiting um producers across the region but also um some of the smaller kind of drink producers like windrush brewery and murray kirkivar which liam will know very well in, in Orkney as well. Um, and I could name considerably more that I've been able to visit, but also supporting them as they go forward, helping them, um, helping new ventures create a brand and market themselves going forward. And these are all absolutely vital. And, and also making sure that the wider food and drink sector has the environment, um, the business environment it needs and the talent it needs going forward as, as well. I know that's a big part of the uh, FDF is, uh, FDF's ask looking forward. We've got to make sure the education sector is working. To deliver that. Um, as a politician and as a producer, I'm actually optimistic about the future of the sector, but we're not we're looking forward to listening to some of the issues that are going to be raised this morning. Okay, thanks very much, Jamie. Fergus Ewing from the SNP, good morning. Glad you can with us this morning. Now, you obviously are the Cabinet Secretary, food and drink is uh, part of your responsibility, so I'm sure that what the others have all said will resonate with you. And uh, I think as well, 
it's it's good to hear from you all that there's such enthusiasm for for the industry and recognition that it is so important to to Scotland. Yes. Uh, well, good, good morning, Karen, and again, thank thank you to. David, uh, David Thompson at the Food and Drink Federation for bringing us together. And I think there is quite a lot of areas of agreement. Uh, I mean, I think we all recognize that food poverty is a challenge and that there, there should be a, a, a right to food. We all recognize that local procurement in our schools and hospitals and so on is very important. And we've made considerable progress there. Um, before the, the lockdown, I visited Crown Primary School in Inverness, my own constituency, and saw that they were able to, the children were able to, to, to enjoy locally produced uh, fruit and vegetables and, uh, and locally produced butcher meat. Um, in addition to that, of course, um, the farming and fishing sectors are, are the, the primary producers and we should never forget that. And, and I'm really proud of, of what they do for Scotland. They're part of our culture, our history, uh, and I think they, they have a, a great future but perhaps a different future with a niche for ever more sustainably produced food. Uh, and I, that's, that's an aim that my party has in the next government, and we're working on that with the farmer-led groups that we have at the moment. Um, the seafood sector and our aquaculture sector are hugely important to the economy, particularly in rural Scotland. Um, there are actually 122,000 people employed in the sector, 17,000 businesses, and turnover of £15 billion a year. So food and drink have gone from being important to an essential part of the, the economy. And Brexit and COVID have really brought very serious threats, Karen, um, some of which have been talked about. Um, I just came off a call uh, this morning um, with UK ministers, we're working to try to tackle the problems about exporting seafood at the moment. And I fear that Brexit has been almost an unmitigated disaster for food and drink in Scotland, but we have to deal with the situation as it is. And so we are making, for example, hardship payments to our fishermen that have lost their EU markets because of Brexit bureaucracy. We also have a food and drink recovery plan where we're working with Scotland Food and Drink uh, and we announced a five million pound recovery plan uh, in, in uh, November. Um, uh, and uh, I do think that that uh, the 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 resilience of many food and drink businesses will see them through. But I do worry about the smaller businesses, the artisan businesses that were really starting to kind of flourish um, and succeed in Scotland. And the the impact of Brexit and COVID is uh, a, a, of a real burden to them. Uh, and I do engage with them a lot. Um, in conclusion, uh, I think our focus at the moment is very much on tackling the pandemic uh, across all parties, uh, but I very much hope that with the light at the end of the tunnel and the vaccination, that we can swiftly move on to work together in Scotland to see reco recovery and continued success in future of our excellent food and drink sector, for which Scotland is famed throughout the world. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Fergus. Thanks for listening to this podcast from FDF Scotland. You can find out more about our work and if you're a food and drink business, how to join us at www.fdfscotland.org.uk.